Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how are you? Oh, good. Happy Friday. It is happy Friday. Yeah. So we are back. It's almost Christmas. (laughs) It's almost Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping for a phaser in my presence under the tree. Ooh, phaser. Uh, yeah, so we are back talking about Minute 67 of The Search for Spock. Uh, minute 67 starts with Kirk going all in with his whip around towards the camera. <laughs> and uh, ends a minute later with Krug saying, on the planet below. That was my terrible, yeah, that... Krug, terrible Krug impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounded better in my head. I, I... <laughs> yeah, I... Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what I. I have to. I have to ask what that choice was by Nimoy to have Kirk whip around like that, holding like what appears to be a handkerchief and like dabbing his upper lip. Oh, I thought he was blowing his nose. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's uh... and I, and I know we saw like him with his handkerchief out in Rathacon, and he sort of. You know, he sort of dabs the sweat off his face and stuff like that. Are we supposed to? Is this supposed to be another con moment, so to speak, where you know he's he's nervous that because we know that they're disabled, that he's going to be putting on quote a performance? Yeah, maybe, but to, it's, it seems like the wrong way to go though, because it's like he's showing weakness, right? In a, in a way, yeah, like he's sweating. But I suppose yeah, well, he, all- he knows it's Klingons, bird of prey, right? Yeah. Well, it almost feels like he was, you know, like he's like, usually when you see him, he's like Scotty on screen or Sulu on screen. And like it, he's, he's just there standing. Like, it's almost like you caught him in the bathroom and he like whips around. And he's like, who's that? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting cho- choice. Uh, you know, when it goes to, we've talked about it before, like, <clears throat> you know, do people know? When they're talking on the views, you know, on these on the view screens, they know how they're <laughs> how they're being presented on the other end, you know. Right. It's like, watch exactly. this! I'm make this dramatic. Whoosh! And turn around. But uh, but you know, for me, if I was Krug watching this, you know, I would not only would be watching Kirk wipe, wiping sweat off his face, but I'd also be looking at all the. You can see the stations behind him, like yeah. static, and and that kind of giving away some. He uh, might be more damaged than than you think. Yeah, I mean, I know we haven't gotten there in the minute yet, but he even, yeah, he, I would totally think that. Like, why are all the screens like, there? It's like looks like there's like static on them, and you know, and I find it, I find it funny that. Um, so normally, when you have someone like when they bridge communications, you know, they, it's a two-way thing. So once communications are established, you're talking to the other person. And I get confused every time I see this minute because, you know, Kirk says, this is Admiral James C. Kirk of the Federation Starship Enterprise. And then Krug begins to speak. So the Genesis commander, and before he gets up the next word, Kirk starts 
talking again, you know, mm-hmm. by violation of the treaty. And it's almost like he's talking over him. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I mean, why is he talking? And then, then you realize that Krug is not even talking to him. Like he doesn't even have his microphone on. And I always found that that, that sort of interaction weird because whenever I watch, you know, Star Trek uh, Next Generation or the movies, it's like once communications are established, they're on the view screen, they're speaking to each other. It's two-way. It's FaceTime. And it, yeah, exactly. I know I'm, I'm already, like, picking on this minute for the, the turnaround and the, and the weird communication setup. I just – this minute, it, it just feels weird to me all, all around. Okay. The choices they've made. Do you think – is it just – explore that a little bit. Do you think that um, – Kirk can see Krug at this point and just can't hear him because Krug's got him on mute? Or do you think he can't even see him? I want, so that was my next question is, as I'm discussing this, is, is it possible that Kirk is just, you know, hail the other people? You know how you put, you know, yep, yeah. uh, this is Admiral James Kirk and he's just putting it out there. But the fact that he turns around and sort of looks at the view screen alludes to that he has established a communication right or just going back to maybe even to maybe just in defense of he, he doesn't know <laughs> kirk doesn't know yet that he's on screen right because you know uhura is not here so she doesn't have all the timing down or everything like you're on admiral right we're not getting right. that it's probably check off being like you know hitting the play button or the record button and then telling kirk like you know 15 seconds later after kirk's picking his nose and like oh why didn't you tell me i was on you know it's like a hot mic um so maybe it's more that. So you know, he didn't even—he wasn't ready yet to be on camera. I, I find that. I find that not that I disagree with you or want to disagree with you, but I find that hard to believe because usually it'll be like on screen or open hailing frequencies. Like if you're saying that, you have already you're ready. To you're go. prepared to to go and establish communications. All right. Well, I was just trying to you know trying to give him some kind of excuse. I don't know. I just find the whole setup weird. I do. I just find it a little odd. And I know it's probably to give Krug voice. You know, like Kirk goes through his whole monologue of, you know, you'll surrender and we'll destroy you, which, again, it's a whole other line that I feel is weird that he makes. But then Krug says he's hiding something. We may have dealt him a more serious blow than I thought, which is what you had said. Mm. But again, he's not talking to anybody. He's talking to, you know, he's talking to, um, Torg. Torg. And, um, you know, and Kirk is, you know, waiting during this whole, like, interior monologue thing that he's having with Torg. And I, I just feel like it's, it, it, again, it's a weird thing that Kirk has said this big long thing. And wouldn't Kirk be like, hello? Can you hear me? Right. Are you there? Uh, I just gave you an ultimatum. Yeah, it's it's quite the uh, my, my note. You said it already. Like the you know Kirk's. It, this is very not Kirk. The, this line he's delivering. You know, you have two minutes to surrender your crew mm. vessel, or we will destroy you. And he never says that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's odd. It's 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 odd, and maybe that's what makes part of what makes this minute odd. Is it's you know us as the audience, like wait a minute, that's not yeah. Kirk. And you understand that okay, he's posturing right to to give the illusion that they're right. not they're not crippled or hurt, um, right? But I don't know. In, in some ways, I wish we could have heard Kirk say, "Hey guys, just you know, uh, 
go with it. I'm going to do the fake out here, like before he turns. You know what I mean? Just to let us right, know yeah. that he's going well, to he's going to do it. Um, in my other note, I mean, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was changing the subject. I was my other note at the beginning of the minute was when he when he starts the minute. This is Admiral James C. Kirk of the Federation Starship Enterprise. He sounds like he's doing his captain's log. You know, just kind of. It's very, I don't know that that monotone or the. You know, he's talking. Right, yeah. He's talking to the computer, not to a person. That's such. It, it's, it's it's very not Kirk so far in this mm. minute. Yeah, I mean, I just feel, I, I get that he's posturing and he, but he goes he goes all in and then some like i feel like for him he would have been like uh, you know lower shields prepare to be boarded or you know something something else i just feel like he goes right for the throat you have two minutes to surrender or we'll destroy you like there's no i just don't feel like that's very federation like no it's not and that's that's the other thing too that 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 could be his tell you know do you think krug is smart enough to know like wait a minute Federate. This is not Federation style. They don't, you know, they don't destroy. They're going to try and take prisoners or negotiate or you know anything but right. this ultimatum that's been given to them. So maybe that's maybe he's, you know Kirk's tipped his hand a little bit doing doing that. Right. I have a question. So yeah. Then. Oh, go ahead. I have a question. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, he tells Tori he trusts trusts his instincts, and then then he must you know unmute because he he re- he finally replies to. Kirk as Krug. So he says, right. Admiral Kirk, this is your opponent speaking. Uh, and I find that, I've always found that like, like oh, it, he doesn't say his name. Yeah. And it's got to be deliberate, right? It's not like, um, like why, why is he doing that? Is he just trying to, um, in case things go badly and he can, he can you know, sneak away and nobody will know who actually was, was commanding this ship? I get. I, I guess. I mean, he's. I mean, I, I get why he's why he's doing it. But again, on the same thing of where you know I'm complaining about Kirk and his weird comments. I'd be like, this is a completely weird comment as well. Is to be like, you know, this is your opponent speaking. Like, I just find that very odd. Yeah, it's like the opposite of um, the opposite of Khan. You know, when 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 Khan first you know, attacked the Enterprise. Um, and then he established communications, and you know he's like, you know, I, I just wanted you to know who it was who had beaten you. You know, he, he was, the, you know, the villain in that well, case was right. To the head, his ego that yeah, I need you to know it was a high con who. Uh, so I'm surprised that Krug's not following suit. You know, and just be like, yeah, hey, this is Krug. Have you met me? Have you heard about me, Krug? I beat you. Of course, Kirk might reply. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'm thinking about episodes. Yeah, I'm thinking about episodes of like even the TV shows like Next Generation, DS9, where he's had a, someone's had a communication with the other person, and they literally said, "I'm not telling you who I am." Yeah, yeah. Like they always tell. They, I feel like they always say who they are. I'm Captain Jean Luc Picard of the, you know, the Starship Enterprise. Who am I speaking with? You know. Right. I, I, you don't need to know. That's a need to know basis, man. But that's the thing. Like, I think in some ways that's a smart move on the on the bad guys part. Like, but you don't. Oh, need, absolutely. You don't I, I agree. It's, it's I, a yeah. I, I, I feel like you know, as we're rewriting this movie one minute at a time, you know, uh, Admiral Kirk. You know, he could just say, Admiral Kirk, don't lecture me on treaty violations. Like, he doesn't say this is your opponent speaking. I just feel like that's that's 
silly. He obviously knows you're his opponent. You shot at him. Admiral Kirk, do not lecture me about treaty violations. The Federation in creating an ultimate weapon has become an inter- gang of intergalactic criminals. Like, he doesn't even have to, that line just, again, I feel like, uh, you know, once again, as we add our writing credits to the, you know, the special edition of Search for Spock, um, we could cut that line out. What a so gang of intergalactic criminals, um, <laughs> you know. So I feel like we're you know jumping, jumping movies, and I immediately think of the huts. Um, but, I, <laughs> but but I also you know it it all in some ways the comment makes me think that oh do Klingons and the Federation have some common ground in that they both. Uh, do not like those thugs in the intergalactic criminal gangs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he clearly has disdain for these you know, intergalactic criminals, but not, I don't know. It's just, not only do I not like the Federation, but you're even worse. You're like intergalactic criminals. Yeah, I, um, as we're picking apart at this minute, uh, minute 67, where we've picked apart every line that's been uttered by, you know. Um, I, got, I got two more. Yeah, I <laughs> um, I actually – that's one of the lines that I actually like. The Federation in creating an ultimate weapon has become a gang of intergalactic criminals. And I agree with you that, yeah, he's like, you are the scum of the universe. You are just – you are lower than the low. You are intergalactic criminals. Are we getting into this, this – what is it, moral relativism? Like, you know – Krug thinks he's doing the right thing. Kirk thinks he's doing the right thing, and just it's really all a matter of perspective and point of view you're coming from. Is that where we're at? So, you say that, and I and I and I agree with that. But I also think that he is out for the glory of the Klingon Empire, and that he wants this weapon for himself. Um, I don't think it's like he's looking to set himself up as the ultimate ruler of the universe. I think he's doing it for. His own whatever his own ends are for the Klingon Empire. Yeah. To that end, I don't know if he is. Now that I say that, I'm wonder. Now I keep wondering. Like he, he enlisted you know Valkyrie to go and get this information, unbeknownst to the Klingon Empire, and he's sort of doing this up below board, and he's not even like letting people know who he is. So hmm, now that I think about it, maybe he is trying to get this weapon for his own nefarious reasons. Yeah, I forget it. I don't know if we've if we've theorized that or talked about that yet this season. Is like, yeah, what's Krug's motivations here? Is he does he want the weapon for himself, or does he want it so he can return to the Klingon Empire and say, look what I did? You know, give me give me some awards. I don't think he. I don't know if he necessarily does. He ever really say, even when he's talking to Valkyrie at the very end of the movie, does he ever really say? Does he ever really say, this is what um. You know, this is what I'm looking for. You know, this is why I want this information. He never like imparts that to um, to Torg or Maltz or even to Alcris when they're when they're talking. So I think we're sort of left postulating what his ultimate motive is during this movie. His motive is, is to get Genesis. We know that, but for what end? Yeah, because when, he, when he's talking to Torg and Maltz, he's like, you know, we will take the, you know, the secret of Genesis. We will take the, the this weapon, and you know, but he doesn't say why. Just that we're going to do it. Right. You know, we shall have it, so the Federation shall not. Right. 
so intergalactic criminals. Lowest of the low. Lowest of the low. But I, I chuckle at, you know, crews like, you know, this next line, you know, is is not I who will surrender, it is you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm not. You are. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's going to win? I'm not this? the idiot. You are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you were, if I were you and you were me, I'd use your body to get to the top. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so we're already near the end of the minute already. But, and, but this this last moment after, you know, it's not I'll surrender is you. And then crew kind of kicks back, you know, kind of sits back and licks his lips. Yeah, I think he's like expecting some sort of response from Kirk to be like, you know, no, it's not. It's not me. It's you. Like he's expecting something. And then he sort of is he has like an internal like an internal moment where he's thinking, like, what do I, okay, what do I get to do to make this guy understand that I'm in charge here? So, th- so that's the that's the thoughtful pause where he sits back and starts licking his lips and looks all creepy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he does not want to play this this card. Like he probably wanted to save this, you know, till the last possible moment. And I feel like Kirk does not respond to his threat of, you know, I won't surrender. You will. And I got to tell you, I love Torg in the background. He is so stoic. He reacts to nothing. I mean, he is a perfect Klingon soldier staring at the at the at the news screen during, yeah, the whole you know, thing. Uh, Krug's entire speech. Yep. No, I didn't notice until you kind of called it out. Was <clears throat> was Kirk's lack of reaction to you know, it's not I who surrenders you. And Kirk just standing there, not saying anything. I didn't really, I didn't yeah. put any any kind of weight on it at all until now. Like, oh yeah, he's just being like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let him keep talking, right? Um, he's holding yeah, his he's ground. Gonna, he'll say something, and you know, yeah, he'll say something stupid. Yeah. So I, I get a, I that has just uh, elevated this minute a bit for me because I'm like, oh yeah, okay, Kirk's being kind of a badass here, like not responding to it. Yeah, a little bit. He's standing there very stoic and, you know, uh, you know, do not lecture me about treaty violations. And the whole time Krug is saying this, Kirk is just sitting there listening, very stoic, very not giving anything away. And I feel like I agree that he is. He's very badass right there. He is. He's not going to give Krug an inch until <laughs> we see later, later on in the movie. So this is their first confrontation, right? This minute here is the first time that they that Shatner, uh, sorry, that Kirk and uh, and Krug interact. Hey. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. Not yeah, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but you know, just that Krug's when Krug you know sees him, he's like, oh, the Genesis Commander himself. Like that's <clears throat> yeah. that's how he knows Kirk. He doesn't know Kirk by say reputation as a you know famous captain in, in Starfleet. Um, he only knows him as the Genesis Commander. Yeah, and I, I... Right, and I find that, uh, you know, everyone knows who James T. Kirk is. Like, he's the legend of the universe. He, Everyone knows Admiral James T. Kirk, or Captain Kirk. Right. So, it kind of... It, it's, I don't know, in some ways, for me, it kind of, you know, it kind of lowers Krug's standing in, 
in my eyes because I'm like, you know, is Krug so, uh, you know, out of it or not in touch with what's with what's going on that he doesn't know who Kirk is? You know what I mean? Right. He almost seems like a rookie. Now it makes me think he's a rookie. I don't know who I don't even know who I'm dealing with. You think he's just like um, he's like a. Uh He's captain of the, you know, the the garbage fleet, and he just not, you know, he's not. He doesn't get any of that information of like what's going on on the, you know, the Klingon planet or anything like that. He's always on the outer rim of the universe and, you know, the galaxy, and he just sort of, you know, just happened to come by this information and uh, worked with Valkyrie and she found some information and, hey, maybe I can boost my Boost my standing a little bit here if I uh, if I do this. Yeah, you know what? I think you got some. I it can be onto something there. I mean, you know, we've already learned that you know he doesn't have the best gunners. Uh, yeah, so maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe his ship is you know, is is crewed by you know the, all the people that graduated at the bottom of their class. You know what I mean? Like he's got all the all the losers and misfits. This puts a whole new light on crew. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I have to wonder if he is just like. I, I wonder if he has just been. He's trying to get back into the, you know, as we're developing our own backstory of who Krug was. I wonder if he was just some lowly Klingon guy, you know, whether he was passed over or forgotten. Yeah, Krug will just stick him over in Sector Thirty Two A and just let him do his thing over there. And you know, he's nobody. He's a he's a know nothing captain. We don't need to inform him and. You know he's he's got all these you know goon squads on his on a ship and you know he he's figuring out a way to you know better um, you know better himself either in the eyes of the Klingon Empire or he's doing something on his own and he's trying to you know become more by you know forsaking what the Klingons would do well. You know, the High Council is not going to, you know, in, in, intervene here. I'm going to do it for my own purposes. Right. I'll buy it. I'd buy that backstory. You're right. We should, <laughs> we should, we should, be, we should be writers, man. Come on. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe. So this is. I mean. So this is it. This is. I, you know. I think we. I think in this minute, right, we're kind of, kind of picking it, picking at things, and, you know. Uh, I think. Uh, like, yeah, I, th- I don't think there's a lot here. <laughs> No, other than, you know, you, really when you say, well, okay, it's the first meeting of Krug and Kirk, so that's, you know, uh, uh, of note. Yeah. Um, and I think for all this crummy backstory we're building for Krug, he does, he's, <laughs> he's definitely, uh, as we're going to learn in the next few minutes, he is, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a badass. He's a badass Klingon. Klingon. And, uh, yeah, we, we, yes, we learn through things he's done that he is a little bit more than the garbage collector that we portray him to be. Yeah. So on that note, uh, did you uh, did you have anything else for this minute? <laughs> I don't. Don't. All right. Well, why don't we wrap it up here? Um, and a couple things, uh, guys. I think we just wanted to share uh, that we are actually going to be uh, going on hiatus for a week. We're taking the we're taking the Christmas week off, um, so we won't be back uh, next Monday. We'll be back uh, actually on New Year's Day, right? Monday the first. Um, yep, yep. So, we'll be back New Year's Day. Yeah. So enjoy your enjoy your holiday breaks, and 
you know, hopefully let you know get caught up on other podcasts. Uh, there's lots of other movies by minutes out there that you could uh, uh, take a listen to. Uh, but we'll be back on the first of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy your holidays, and uh, we'll talk. Yes, to you everyone, please. And yeah, we'll be back in the new year talking about minute sixty-eight of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Happy New Year.